Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss where the soul of a person truly lies. Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel yoga podcast where we do Marvel poses in yoga. We will go from Incredible Hulk to Ant-Man starting in three best breaths. Three, two, one. Do not interrupt me, Danny. We we will now move into Iron Man pose. Extend your arm out. My name is Tyler Borland and with me always is Danny Vincent. You know, I want to keep doing yoga if you want. Uh, What I will say is I I like the yoga because I wasn't actually expecting. I thought you were doing an Ira Glass impression. Do you know who that is? Uh, No. NPR, Serial, uh, like true crime podcast. It's like, hello, they were going to look at this murder, which would be kind of fitting for this episode. Uh, Yeah. yeah, This is a true crime podcast now. Uh, We're going to pull up some date. We're going to pull up some scenes of the crime, a.k.a. An episode of a Disney Plus show, but first we got to do the spoiler alert. Yes, from this point on, we will discuss the latest episode of What If and possible spoilers for future productions. We do not claim to have knowledge of said future spoilers or a van that allows us to travel to the quantum realm, but we will gladly take full credit if such come true. Such as if we come into possession of the man that takes us to the quantum realm. Uh, but we will not address any leaks, which, might I say, there were a lot of Marvel leaks this week. I'd, I avoided most of them. Uh, but if our speculations align, it's purely coincidence. Now we're going to talk about uh, episode three of What If. What if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Time for our general thoughts. I'm Iron No more Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol! Uh, Can't believe Paw Patrol lost the box up this weekend. Sorry. You should never say Paw Patrol to me. I have opinions. <laughs> Alright, my general thoughts. Um, so the first two episodes, although different in quality and tone, formed a cohesive story, seeming this series was rather a single alternate universe that we were watching. Um, it would have been a really cool concept to delve into a separate alternate universe with each season of this show. It doesn't look like we're getting that with this show, however. Um, instead, we're getting a plethora of content jammed into too short of a time. Uh, this week felt like a run through um, with a concept that would have been really, really cool played out um, in, I guess, I guess, a longer well, episode. But, well, okay. Uh, Okay, sorry. Do you have more to say? Oh, I, yeah. Uh, after sorry, this week's episode, I'd say this show could have been curated uh, much more. Just polished polished up and more cohesive. What I would say in response to is two things. Um, and then I'll get into my general thoughts. Is um, First off, um, I agree with you on how it would have been cool to have it be a, like, one big alternate universe each season. Mm-hmm. This said... I already kind of thought last week was a different alternate universe because the collector had Captain America's shield. Uh, oh, yeah. And I was like, hmm, that's a little weird. But then again, also Captain Britain's shield was different. So I was like, mm, maybe. You know what I mean? Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Captain Carter. Because Captain Britain is apparently a totally different Marvel character who we haven't gotten it is. yet. Yeah, I know yeah. I know it actually is. I'm just like going, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, fans. No. Um, 
Uh, but the other thing I wanted to say is I want to give credit to a friend of mine uh, who pointed this out, not to me, but like in a general group chat where he's like, his opinion on the show so far has been, it would have been nice for the T'Challa episode and then also for this episode to be like a three episode arc, kind of like, I know Star Wars The Clone Wars does that, where it is 30 minute episodes, but they generally break their stories into three parters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't mind three episodes because that'd be like a solid uh, 90 minute movie, which is fine for animation. We could let these stories breathe a bit more and we could have some nice little cliffhangers, you know, instead of coming back each week and not knowing what we're going to get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my my thought on this is like, I think this was still better than the Captain Carter episode because it's its own story. But my main takeaway is I thought this episode was so passive. And I'm not trying to be like, this isn't what my Nick Fury would do. But, like, it kind of, I just can't buy the central premise of this episode that it would last a whole week. Because we know Nick Fury and Natasha are incredibly competent. And I hate to say this because, one, I didn't see the ending coming. But, two, well, it doesn't matter. I, I, Nick should have seen, Nick Fury should have seen the ending coming. He's a smart guy, right? That is his character. Yeah. Is that he's always, like, so many steps ahead of everyone else. It should not have taken him this. He shouldn't have lost everyone. It makes no sense. Like it's the, the, the pride to be like, the, this episode was bad because the premise was stupid. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I just can't buy it. Uh, I do though think it's cool. Cause you know, like when Tony got murdered, Tony Stark gets murdered. Nick Fury and Shield are going to be on it, especially if it's on their watch. Like that is such a big deal. And then the fact everyone else gets killed, it's just so ridiculous. Anyway, uh, I do think it's cool to do these episodes that are set during phase one and then bringing characters and elements that we don't see arrive like in the MCU, like in release order until way later, like Ant-Man and Captain Marvel in this episode. I also kind of think this about last week in a way is that I don't know if we, we I don't think we mentioned this, but last week's episode took place 20 years after 1998, which means it took place before Tony Stark became Iron Man in 2008. I thought was kind of uh, an interesting thing point to make, even though it's not really relevant to the entire episode of last week. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, uh, which would also make kind of interesting that so far, if these were all one cohesive universe, you'd be correct to say these have been released in chronological order because last one was 2008, first one was 1940s, and this is 2011 ish. Uh, I say ish because it could also be 2009 because I know Iron Man Two is supposed to take place. Like six months after Iron Man one, but then it's like, well, the it's, timeline gets kind of weird because they weren't caring as much. I don't think. Yeah, and they've they've moved around. I've seen um, Iron Man two. People have said, well, it's an, it's you know, Iron Man one is two thousand eight, and then six months after is Iron Man two, and uh, therefore it would be in two thousand. Nine, because the press, the press, um, which would also make sense where you put he revealed Hulk himself then. was like in was in November two thousand eight, supposed to be. And then I've seen, um, later on after everything's been released and the timeline's been tightened up, um, I've seen where people have said that Iron Man was in two thousand ten, Iron Man two in two thousand eleven for. And Incredible Hulk in 2011, and Avengers in 2012, and I'm like, that's cohesive. I think I actually I think. Sorry, go on. Yeah, 
Yo, oh, 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 I was just gonna say I I I like I like that. Um, you know, with it done that way, because then then chronologically you'd go from 1995 to um, Captain Marvel to um, 2010. You know, and from actually, there it would it would build. I actually kind of like. Um, I like the other way because to me it makes more sense gotcha. to give Thor more time stranded on Asgard, give Hulk more, Bruce get, give him more time to set up his life, and give Iron Man more time to like settle into a more of a what where he is in Avengers because people are he's not really as big a playboy in Avengers one like you know he settle he settles down a little bit in between two and Avengers, so I kind of like the yeah. idea of there being a big not a big gap but a gap somewhat there. Compared to Thor being like a year later. The only thing that's weird is, of course, that means Loki's plan is taking so long to put together. But I'd rather that I'd rather have our heroes have more time. But anyway, um, let's just dig in. We're, I think that kind of is digging. We're talking about timelines and stuff. Uh, but Tyler, what's your first point you want to make about the episode? Finally, a Marvel Disney Plus show that allows me to skip the intro. That was the highlight of the of, of this episode. Well, okay, but let, let, let's look at these other shows, okay? A Falcon and Winter Soldier had, like, a five-second intro. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And WandaVision's intro was part of the storyline. Uh, so, and then, what's the other one? Loki, Loki's is, like, also, like, ten seconds. And it's it was the great music, so I didn't even want to skip that one, you know? Like, that's just right. me. I didn't want to skip that one. This one, I, well, I kind of get the idea of skipping it. Uh, I like Jeffrey yeah. Wright's voice, but I kind of... I'm, I'm more... I watched the intro just to read the cast, you know? That's what I kind of like. I was like, oh, let's see who's mm. popping up this week. Uh, which I kind of liked also this week that this episode, to jump in, big into the big spoiler, did not have Michael Douglas in the opening credits. Uh, I thought that was really cool, especially because I would think Michael Douglas would be like, give me my credit. Uh, and the fact that he's like, yeah. no, yeah, put me in the end, which is good because I, it's it's better. Because, you know, if Michael Douglas was in the credits, I'm like, oh, it has to be him because he hasn't shown up yet. Especially when right. like, Kurt Russell was in the credits last week, you know, and he was like the end also. But Ooh. that's just a side note. Well, I wonder, I wonder if this skip intro, I've not seen it on any other show so i wonder if that's like new if there was an update uh, um that disney ran through with their with their app no they um, have they've had it for a bit i'm just trying to remember what show i saw it on because mandalorian doesn't have um well i wonder either. if we'll get i wonder if we'll get like a like like the shows that you said this one i want to skip the intro but those other shows i'd rather you know i don't care about skipping the intro because the they're built into the story um but when it comes down to like the recaps, if we can, like we've what, talked about that before. What's weird to me is that I'm Mando, wondering if sorry, we'll get that. Mando did yeah. have a skip recap. I remember, I remember watching Mando and having it did, a skip yeah. recap. I think that it might be. Do you watch? How do you watch the show? Because I watch it on my TV, um, like an app. I watch on it TV. on the. I watch it on my TV. Same. I, maybe the skip intro. Th- <laughs> it's so interesting. We're more interested in talking about the infrastructure of Disney Plus's that, that's why uh, it's user a whole interface. Point. <laughs> uh, it's a well, whole topic. Because no, I only ever watched Mando on my computer. I didn't watch it on my TV, and I think it would mm. skip intro. So maybe if we watched, now I'm kind of curious. So I should load up Wandavision on my computer and see if it has a skip recap button or like Loki. You know what I mean? I definitely think I, I stuck by 
Of all the shows, Loki definitely should not have had a recap because they were very standalone episodes that recap the previous episode in the narrative. Uh, but that's a conversation from like two months ago, so we can we don't need to have it again. But yeah, I I yes, please add skip recaps. Disney. Uh, so now let's uh, each week we dive into the characters. Um, so let's go into this episode. Uh, the Watcher. He didn't do much this this time around. I mean, he doesn't do much, um, but we didn't see much of him. So I agree. But I also think that the Watcher's point in the show kind of became clear to me in this episode. Um, although, I'll be honest, it's more relating this episode to last week's, and because I, I really don't remember what he did in Captain Carter. I'll be totally honest. I'm going be like, this is what a multiverse is. Uh, you know, like he introduced the concept of the yeah. show more. Um, I think the point of it is that these episodes are all trying to have a thematic point to them of some kind. Um, even if mm-hmm. they aren't really like the thing is they're not necessarily pre- prevalent until the watcher spells it out for you at the end. Cause the point gotcha. last week was um, to me is that T'Challa would be good in no matter what environment he is. People aren't, that was a point is like people's inherent qualities aren't necessarily tied to their surroundings or, or their upbringing. That's what my, I mm. thought last week's episode was about. And this week's episode outright is like the end. Well, the one thing you need to know is that whenever there's people, there's hope and hope never dies. You know, like that was the point of the ending, which is nice and cheesy because hope and dying. Ha ha ha. Hope did die. Hope, yeah, hope, but hope never <laughs> yeah. dies. Ha ha ha. Um, but yeah, I, I that's what I got away from, got from it is like that's what the watchers, which makes me really curious Comparing last week's episode to the Killmonger episode, we know we're going to get where I'm pretty sure Killmonger is like supposed to become a hero, which to me would mean it's the opposite. You know what I mean? Of like mm. of what the T'Challa episode is meant to be about. So I'm curious yeah. how those two cohesively come together. And I'm also curious if this is going more interested in speculating about our episodes in this one is if they kind of hit me also just saying that is like, are we going to get to see Killmonger and T'Challa interact again, even if they're variant versions? Because that is really exciting. If so, uh, if the finale is a team up with all the variant heroes. Um, but back to this episode, sorry. <laughs> um, Black Widow. I, I don't know if it was the voice acting or the writing for this character, but I just... I was, well, I mean, number one, I'm like, it's not Black Widow because it's not ScarJo for, you know, um, I don't want to say obvious reasons because this was, this was done. This was done before. Yeah. She just didn't want to. Before the whole thing. Yeah. She's expensive. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, so yeah, I don't, I wasn't a fan of this version of, of Black Widow. I, I don't know. I, I sorry. I have a, she. It just felt like the plot. The plot just kind of moved her around. Okay, okay, but I think you like, said about any character in this episode. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the only one who felt somewhat motivated was Loki, but we'll get to him. Um, but everyone else to me felt like they were just chess pieces, and I kind of said that in my intros. And I'm like, I don't buy that Nick Fury and Natasha would take this long on this. They're more competent yeah. than this. Um, so actually though, I totally disagree on one thing. <laughs> Sorry. This would be probably the most adamantly I disagree with you, honestly, in a bit is I actually really love, I thought Blackwood was the best part of this episode. 
because mm. actually because of her voice acting and that she f- what you're saying is the negative is a positive to me i wasn't comparing her to scarlett johansson's she was her own iteration of black widow and as such i was like oh okay like this is very much a variant hero in the sense that she's even being played by a different actor uh gotcha. and because of that i thought from what we've heard of the other two i think actually lake bell did the best because I felt like Josh Keaton did an impersonation of Chris Evans that was good and not really distracting. I think she yeah. made Black Widow her own, and I kind of like that. Uh, especially mm. to me, and I'll get to this later, with the art style, I don't even think the character looked like Scarlett Johansson at all. The The character model didn't look like her at all. So to me, I was like, oh, no. okay, like this is, a, this is a different version of Black Widow. And once I accepted that after like her first scene where she has a long conversation with Nick Fury, I was like, okay. Like, I can, ex- like, so I don't know. I liked her. I thought she was good. Uh, I thought her voice acting was good. Um, I thought, honestly, she probably had the best voice acting in the episode. Uh, that's just me. <laughs> I, 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 oh, actually, no. She's not the highlight of the episode for me. I'll talk about that later. But second best voice acting in the episode to me. Uh, uh, so... I, Oh, I was going to move on. I'm not sure you move yeah. On. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I was going to do. Uh, uh, is Bruce... Banner. What? You just skipped Nick Fury, bro. Oh, yeah, I did. Sorry. Come on. I was going to transition to Nick Fury. Okay, yeah. So, Nick (laughs) Fury. Rewind. None of you didn't didn't hear anything. Samuel L. Jackson did not care. I'm going to be very blunt here about his vocal performance. He's been in The Incredibles. We know he can voice act. He did not care. That was my take. Yeah. Maybe maybe you thought, okay, good. I'm glad we agree here. I'm like, eh, yeah. there was no energy to his line delivery. It, and again, I also think that Fury was written to be lethargic in a way. It was like, why? You're making dumb moves this entire move, this entire episode. And he just didn't care. That was just very disappointing to me. It was a paycheck to him. And I, I know Samuel Jackson takes paychecks, but I thought it would have been nice for him to like, be like, oh, I get an upset to myself? Cool really put an effort into it that's another reason why i felt like lake bell was better because i felt like she was like oh cool i gotta be black widow uh in a bigger because th- i actually know she voices black widow on like the other cartoons uh, mm-hmm. but she was like oh i gotta be black widow in this cool bigger cartoon uh i want to make the most of it and whereas samuel jackson's like i'm always nick fury so i'll just read my lines into zoom i don't know that, that that's where i'm at with him is that like it, it just felt flat to me because of both Samuel L. Jackson performance and something else I'll talk about later, which I keep yeah. hinting about. But yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say about Nick Fury? Do you want to move on to Bruce? No, Nick Fury, he was just kind of, he was just kind of there. He was just like bland. Yeah. It yeah. comes down to the, yeah, the voice acting. Okay. Uh, Bruce Banner. Um, the only reason I included this one is because it was very clear that it was Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, no, no. even though they acknowledged <laughs> the Incredible Hulk, a movie that I don't acknowledge as MCU. Well, so that this is actually yeah. the spoiler I was going to say last week. If you remember, I was like, I know an actor who's popping up, but I I don't want to say it because it might be a spoiler. Is I had heard mm. someone say it's very weird to see Mark Ruffalo in Incredible Hulk era scenes, uh, and I was like, oh, that does sound weird. And, as you just said, yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> I I did think uh, there there was the moment when like when he makes his first entrance and uh, Black Widow sees 
the pizza delivery pizza clothes on pizza. the table. <laughs> and uh, no, no, I didn't think that, but that would have been <laughs> funny. Um, we get Toby in there. Toby. Um, you- but <laughs> pizza time. I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. <laughs> Toby McGuire is the whole- I got to send you this meme later of like to emo Toby yelling at Tom Holland. I found it was really funny. Good meme. Good meme. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, so Black Widow and Betty Ross are talking in the lab and then Black Widow notices the, the pizza delivery clothes and she looks at the closet and then I'm like, what the heck? Is like Bruce in there naked? And I was like, what the heck is going on? Like this episode alluded to, to something. I'm like, yeah, why would you put was, clothes okay, out this, there? This put like maybe a hat. 14, you know? Which I think is a... Uh, but, Pretty interesting. I, I honestly think it was more because of the murder. Uh, you know, gotcha. actually, let me just say one thing about this episode that's not about the characters and I don't have in the notes is I don't usually have an issue of Marvel humor. But if you're doing an alternate storyline about the Avengers being murdered, you probably shouldn't have Agent Coulson making jokes about how Thor's dead body smells good. Completely yeah. destroys the dark tone you're going for here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you guys are joking about like corpses of your friends. <laughs> Stop! This is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it. It. Mm, this episode was just. Anyways, what did do you have any thoughts on Bruce Banner? Ah, uh, I like. I did think the coolest dark air quotes moment of the episode was the Hulk exploding. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that was the one time i really liked how it was animated because it was so l- ridiculous in the sense of like they're like there's there's no way we'd ever be allowed to do some live action so we're just gonna make it as gross as possible as we can in animation and i was like all right you know i'll, I'll accept that that's pretty fun i like the idea of exploding when, the hulk when, <laughs> when, he's just, he's, like, when he started smoke. like when he started like puffing <laughs> up um, if you can call it that, when he started puffing up or puffing out, like I immediately thought of the, a scene from the first Space Jam movie where they where they put air into. Oh, I can't think of. He's the guy who plays uh, uh, Ned uh, Nedry off of uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, Wayne Knight. I can't think. Wayne Knight. Yes, Wayne Knight. Yeah, when they when they uh, inflate Wayne Knight with air. To get him off of the court. Like, you know what? That, that's what I thought you of. What I just realized this made me think of talking about it is it reminds me of that meme that everyone had after Infinity War where they're like, I know how they're going to be Thanos. Ant-Man's going to call up Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. I've uh, seen talk of that. It's canon now in the multiverse of Hulk. <clears throat> it's canon. <laughs> in, 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 a non-canon realm, I guess. <laughs> yeah. They gave it to us. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry. <laughs> let's move on to a more to a more grounded and well-loved character, Betty Ross. I just thought it was interesting to see her there. It's I don't know what to say. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's here. I'm glad Marvel also, acknowledges she exists. One of the first lines that she says is, Dad! And I'm just like, that was like 50% of your lines in that movie. Was I'll, no, don't. No, whenever save we cover him. the Incredible Hulk, I'll be like, I for, I'll, I'll honestly be like, I didn't remember any of this. The only part I remember of it is Tim Blake Nelson uh, in a fridge. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, Tim Blake Nelson in a fridge? 
Doesn't or he, like, and knocked, a fridge. Well, doesn't he get like knocked out by a fridge that's knocked over? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's Stanley who drinks the fridge. Stanley drinks a soda out of the fridge, and then he's like, "Oh wow, oh wow." Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's that's all I had <laughs> to say about Betty. Was like, "Oh, she's here." <laughs> like you know, yeah. I like, oh, I was yeah, I wasn't was, expecting I was this. Kind of like, I don't know when, when yeah, she was just like, "That's my dad," or yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyways, moving moving on to Loki. I want to point out one What'd thing. What do you think about talk, it? Well, I want to point out one thing before we talk about Loki is that Jamie Alexander, because I know you skipped the credits, was credited on this episode, even though she wasn't credited on her Loki episode. So good for her. She got a credit for one line this time instead of a, you know, an entire scene instead that of about like, five minutes. That was a yeah kind of a big deal in the story, but you know, good for her, I guess. You know, like whatever. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> what? What if? Jamie what? Alexander's agent was like, "We're gonna fight for you to get your recognition." That and should then be an like, episode. We got you the recognition that you deserved, and she's like, "Okay, for Loki." And they're like, "No, for what if?" And then, yeah. Well, you said, "What if she had good representation?" I, I used to think like, "What if there should be no what if?" It's like, "What if Jamie Alexander uh, blew up as a big actor in between Thor one and two? That's that's like the full title of the episode, and it's like." Sif is suddenly the second main character in Thor 2, and she becomes an adventure because Marvel yes. wants that Jamie Alexander money. I don't know. Uh, what I will say about Loki in this episode is, first I want to talk about the... Well, first, no, we'll talk about voice acting first, because we keep, seem to keep starting with voice acting. I'd rank him third or fourth. He's, he's pretty good. I think Kittleston is a good voice actor. Uh, yeah. I've seen him voice act in like, non-Marvel stuff, too. And, of course, we saw him in The Simpsons Thing that wasn't good but he was okay you know like, right i wouldn't say he was a bad part of it, it no he's he's a good he's a good voice actor i've seen him in uh i've seen him in and like well i've not seen him in animated stuff but i've <laughs> you've like, heard him. <laughs> he's i've heard him in yeah voice animated characters and he's 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 solid yeah and i, I think he did a good job here um he knows how to make him more like this is such a weird to put it, but make your voice more stylized to fix to fit the elevated level of animation. Um, yeah. Um, as for Loki's writing, I felt like it was very uh, murky. Uh, also, mm-hmm. thought again, kind of with this whole thing where I was like, "This plot is dumb." <laughs> I was just like, "Why would why would Nick Fury trust Loki?" You know, <laughs> like why? Like this doesn't make any. What is going? Yeah. Why? <laughs> like, but. I like the ending, you know? It's like, Loki won. That's nice. Um, and he didn't have to ask Thanos for help, so that's cool. Good for him. Uh, I do want to point out that someone did point out this thing to me. Oh, you know what? No, well, you Tell me your Loki thing first, and then we'll talk about the thing I read. Oh, I was, I was just going to say um, this Loki is very one-dimensional. Um, I see where they're, where, they're, where they're going with him, I guess. I, I wonder if we're going to get a... Um, <clears throat> I wonder if we're going to get like a team up of villains in, you know, Loki, uh, the collector in the, in the finale, Loki, the collector, um, ego. Yeah. I still think ego's and being then, held on to for next season. That's my, that's gotcha. my thought on ego. 
Um, gotcha. But I would be okay with that. That Loki being the thing that returns from this episode would make sense to me. Um, yeah. Now, but yep. Anyways, what what's your next point? Uh, well, we're gonna talk about Hank Pym, who is revealed to be the murderer because Hope died because they didn't want to put in the title. What if Hope Van Dyne had accepted the the position at Shield because that would ruin the ending of the episode. So I get why it wasn't the title. Um. What I thought was, uh, this isn't really about Hank, but someone, I read this and I was like, oh, that's a good point. Is that in this timeline, Thanos wins because there will be no Scott Lang. Uh, and there's no Scott Lang. There's no way. Oh, yeah. And also, even then, Tony Stark can't have time travel because he's not there. But regardless of Tony, like, let's say, Aunt, let's say Scott figured it out, right? Or some other scientist figured it out. There's no Scott to figure out the stuff from the quantum realm. So, in this timeline, eventually Thanos snaps everyone and everyone dies. But it's okay, because last week we had Josh Thanos, so we can have one where everyone dies. Or, excuse me, right. half of society dies. Half the half, half randomly. Randomly. Yeah, it's randomly. Just, 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 just but it's just random. But it's random. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like you, you have to say it in the Josh Brolin, just calm. I can't do a Josh Brolin impression. I'm not even going to try. I'm not uh, even trying an impression. I'm just randomly. Just calm randomly. This is yoga with Thanos. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> now go into the snap pose. <laughs> uh, yes. Hey, yoga I, with Josh Thanos. I, I like the I like Tank in this. I think though the idea of this episode being posited as a murder mystery is a little silly. Uh yes. It's not really I mean the the mystery was there the whole way through, but it it was a mystery because of incompetent characters. <laughs> Yeah, and it yeah. was something where I was like, you know, once I saw him fighting Black Widow, I was like, who? This reminds me, I actually didn't recognize it because I, I thought, I was like, who's in this? Someone in this movie has like a cloaking device. These movies have a cloaking device, and I couldn't remember. So I was like, oh, maybe it's like Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then as soon as they revealed it was him, I was like, oh, duh, duh. That was reminding me of that stupid fight Ant-Man has with Falcon in the first Ant-Man movie where it's yeah. just Anthony Mackie swatting the air. <laughs> and he, I think it was... I, there was a point where I was like, oh, what if it's Ant-Man? And then I didn't think Hank Pym. I was thinking Scott Lang. Um, but I was like, oh, what if it's Ant-Man? And then when it happened, I was kind of like, oh, OK. Yeah. There yeah. I Obviously, I was not very big on this episode. I don't think I ever um, was for. Uh, no. Are you ready for this? Read the next thing, Tyler. Danny's big nitpick. All right. So this episode presumably takes place in 2009. Can you guess my nitpick? It has to do with something that happens in this episode that has enough, does not make sense in 2009. Eight years later. No, I have no idea. So Black Widow asks Agent Coulson for his password. He says in response to give her, her pa- his password... The word oh, hashtag. Steve, Steve, Steve. Well, no, but uh, he says hashtag. At that time, it would have been pound sign or number sign. Twitter, Twitter was wasn't not a thing a until big... 2011, right? I'm not sure, but even if it was, I don't think it was mainstream yet. I'm going to search right now when Twitter yeah. was a thing. But even then, I was like, I don't think. The thing is, uh, it was founded in 2006, but I don't think it made it big until like. Uh, tw- it says did not reach 100 million users till 2012. Um, oh, okay. My thing is, 
Agent Coulson, being a man in his 40s, presumably. That's where I place him, in his 40s. Even if Twitter was around then, I don't think he would be on it. You know, he he's too old to know what the tech stuff... That yeah. was the thing to me. It's like, I don't think you'd say hashtag. This is a nitpick, I know. But it's like, come on. Like... I'm sorry. This is, this is me being like, this is not relevant to the episode really at all, except for the fact that I felt like it was a little lazy research. The fact that I thought of that immediately when he said hashtag should have been something the writers caught or someone involved in the episode should have caught. And just said, just have him say pound sign. People would know so what he when, meant. So when did it, when did Twitter, when did the Twitter sphere? All Wait, right. this is an alternate universe. Twitter. Okay. Could have, could have come in to play. Maybe it was a successful MySpace. The word hashtag was not added to the dictionary till 2014. I'm doing research now. I have the Wikipedia page for hashtag open. <laughs> well, but when did Twitter become a thing? Twitter when started allowing hashtags. 2006. Twitter no, was founded in 2006. Okay, but it wasn't oh, you did? Okay. big until 2012. And it says here, Twitter did not begin to hyperlink hashtags until July of 2009. And since Iron Man 2 came out in May of 2009, of unless, we're, unless we're wait, in 2011. But might I point out, okay, but I think we're, okay, that's a different I like how this is but the let point me, that, wait, 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 wait. that we're making. Wait, wait, but you said November, right? You said it was in November Iron Man One takes place in November. You just said the that. end of Iron. The end of Iron Man One. The press conference is in November of twenty of two thousand eight or two thousand ten, depending if it's on your timeline. This episode takes place in May two thousand nine, and Twitter did not begin hyperlinking hashtags until July two thousand nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can move on. I just want to. I, I that's my nitpick. I think it's a valid one because I again, regardless of hashtags were a thing or not, I don't think Agent Coulson would use that terminology because he's old or middle aged. Just saying, we can move on. <laughs> I'm just saying there there are uh, we should just talk there entire, are seventy there are seven there are seventy year olds who. Um, <laughs> Have been on Twitter and not very well the, knew how to use it. So. Not in, but okay, but not in 2012 is my point. Okay, or at least not yeah. or 2009. And I know who you're referring to, and he was on Twitter then. But again, I'm just. I don't think Agent Coulson would be. I don't think that guy is like Agent Coulson. I'm not saying his name, but we all know who I'm talking about. I don't think he's like Agent Coulson. Agent Coulson. El Chito. Agent Coulson should run for president. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Okay, moving on from the hashtag. Because <laughs> went, yeah. I honestly just kind of wanted to make it a joke, and then we're like, oh, you know, we'll discuss it a bit, which is fine. I was like, okay. Um, so, voice acting. Uh, to, for me, it was back to episode one tier quality. Um, but also, I think I let my expectations last week brought my expectations up. To, to a much higher level. Um, I thought the highlight of this episode was Michael Douglas. Um, his my, voice acting was, my was, thing was so much man, fun. He was very good. Um, my thing with him is I actually didn't realize it was him. I was like, maybe it's like a voice actor there. Because I remember someone once pointed out to me that when uh, Ant-Man won, when he talks about the Pym Particle Formula, 
he sounds kind of like Mr. Krabs when he says formula. Uh, mm. <laughs> I was like, is this Clancy Brown? That's, that's what I was, I was like. I don't think it's Clancy Brown. Maybe they got Michael Douglas. Uh, yeah, he was good. My highlight would be Clark Gregg. And the reason I would say that is actually Clark Gregg has a long experience of playing Coulson in television animation. Because oh, gotcha. he's been in Marvel shows since he died in Avengers 1. And whenever Coulson shows up, you know, like, why wouldn't they get him? You know, he's very cheap and affordable. Uh, and I don't know. I thought he did a good job. He already, like, he already has created a version of Coulson that's a cartoon. So he was very good here in that. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Now, we need to talk about the art style. This is the conversation we wanted to have this whole time. Is that I really realized... So, this episode... Okay, first I want to talk about the AV Club, uh, which is a website. Uh, are you aware of it? It's It's just a media website where they review stuff. And I read the review of last week's episode after we recorded, and they were not a big fan of Chadwick Boseman in the episode. But they also pointed out in the review that they didn't necessarily think it was Boseman's fault. Uh, and I realized huh. watching this episode, why? Because I also thought Boseman was a little off last week. Not too much. But oh no, let me rephrase. I think the character was off. I don't think Boseman's performance was. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm not. I liked last week's episode, to be clear. I just think there was a little something missing from that. I don't want to say the word performance. Because that means that, that sounds like I'm talking about Boseman. I'm talking about no, like his, the characters, his character, like the his animation. Character, what were you saying? Sorry. Okay, I I was just gonna I was going to say like script wise, his character was very reactionary and rather than okay, than that's t- you know, I, I could see that. That's not that's art a different style. Point. You know, that's a different point. Yeah, uh, yeah. And this episode made me realize why though that. And that's in the opening of this episode where we get a scene from Iron Man 2 recreated. That a scene in Iron Man 2 that's very memorable where it's him and Tony talking in the thing. I and love I love that scene. Yeah. In our, uh, I presume in Iron Man 2, not in this episode. <laughs> and the reason why is that in this episode, I can compare. And I saw someone on Twitter did compare Samuel L. Jackson, who in Iron Man 2, I'm going to be totally honest, he gives a completely serviceable performance. He's not bad but he's not really great you know he's just you know he it's a movie star performance yeah it's his charisma yeah. shining through he feels so alive there and he feels so dead here yes and i realized this because also the thing about chadwick boseman's performances in general is that chadwick boseman to me was always a great actor when he was quiet his eyes said so much when he would just stand in a scene or look at somebody you know what i mean like and his posture yeah. would say so much he was a very physical actor and specifically his face and his eyes and how he moves his like just everything on his face and so when you take that voice which is still great and put it in this animated character that has barely any like facial expressions mm-hmm. but more than anything not only it's not even the facial expression or eyebrows moving or moving your mouth it's your eyes and your eyes People have always said um, the eyes are, and I said this in our intros, that the eyes are the gateway to the soul. And that always, that came up to be a big thing when mocap started becoming a big thing. In particular, I think the Polar Express and Monster House. You watch any of those old movies that are done, old movies, you know, like 10-year-old movies that were made with just mocap. And you look at the yeah. eyes, the eyes seem so dead. Mm-hmm. And that is the issue with the art style here is that the eyes don't move enough. 
That mm, is where. It, okay. I, yeah. And I realized that during that Nick Fury scene, because I'm like, even with Samuel Jackson not caring about this vocal performance at all, this should still be somewhat suave with the animation, because Nick Fury is such a reactionary. Like, and I say reactionary in this case of like facial reactions characters. Yeah. And these characters are just stable. And that's where I'm at with the art style. Now. I was like, I think that is the biggest issue with the show is that the facial animation is just such a letdown. Gotcha. Um, and, I, and again, I know you are someone, no offense, and this is not me attacking you. You're, last week you said you didn't think you bought into it because of the animation uh, at points. And I think it's because of the eyes. Because you watch a movie like, of course, the Pixar movies we talk about always on this podcast are way better constructed than these what if episodes story-wise. But you watch like Luca and you and it's just Luca and Julia talking. You watch Alberto in the background. He's going to be reacting to the whole thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like they work on their well, facial expressions. Exactly. All the time in and, those movies. And, and this doesn't care. It's going it's going back to theater one or acting 101, which is when you're on the stage and you don't have a line, you're still acting. You're exactly. still when you were in the scene, you are still acting. And uh, that's something that Bozeman was really good at. And uh, it's something that animation can fail, as we can see, to capture. If Well, not to capture, it's, but it can fail to it's it can just drop the ball and not illustrate it. Well, it's something where to me, I kind of have come to this point, and maybe later episodes will prove me wrong. But right now, I'm thinking that if you're going to do the show as an animation, I think CGI was the bad idea. I think if you go more stylized, traditional animation, uh, you can make up for that loss of facial expression more because the style, the designs are more simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, however, I get why this is CGI because I want to differentiate it from their like already. You know, they have all those cartoons on like Disney XD and stuff already of Spider-Man and stuff. Right, but right. that's that. That was the epiphany I had during this episode, specifically during the Iron Man two scene, is that these characters feel dead because there's nothing going on in Nick Fury's eye. Well, mm. eye not even eyes, one eye. But you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was my epiphany. So, well, then the uh, let's, the action. Then I mean, this arts <laughs> this art style captures the action, but that's all that I've really seen. Like. I like there, you know, I like the color. Yeah. I like the color palette in the last week's episode um, mm-hmm. and action wise this week. Well, action wise so far, there's only one action scene that still stands out to me. It's the one shot of Agent Carter and Steve fighting through a plane. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That was like the yeah. only action that stood out. And also that is the type of action you can't really do in traditional animation and make it look cool. Mm-hmm. So I will give it credit there. But <laughs> to trade away a I would gladly trade away a 30 second cool action scene for an animation style that lets me buy into the reality of the world more. Um gotcha. Yeah, yeah, definitely agreed. And as for um, this episode, what about I this? didn't think sorry. No, I was yeah. just gonna move to the next point. So okay, you've go ahead, gotta go no, I thought Oh yeah. So what do you what say. do you think about the the score? Uh all I wanted to say there is that it is kind of cool that this show is taking the opportunity to give us that musical continuity that we never got in the movies because we have a composer who I believe has only done TV before. So she's not really, she's trying to rearrange things. She's not trying to make new ones, which is fine, especially for what the show is. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. 
Um, and that makes it kind of cool. You know, we get the Patrick Doyle Thor theme in this, and then we get, um, I think we got Captain Marvel's theme at the end and the Captain America theme briefly. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of honestly wish she, although I get that probably the theme had not been written by the time this show was in production, maybe, or the score was in the Loki theme, but maybe that'll be mm, next season, you know? Yeah. I think that might be next yeah. season. Cause I don't think, Loki, I think this cool. was probably in production too early for that. I, gotcha. I, I, I like I like the score. It's not going to be winning an award, any awards, but it's it works better than most forgettable uh, television spinoff scores do. Gotcha. And I, I say yeah. television spinoff in a way that I think this is definitely lower tier than the other Disney Plus shows. And that's not just animation. It's just the fact that if yeah. this was live action to be the same thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. But um, so let's go on to our predictions. I know where this show is going, but this episode left me more confused. Um, it did not seem to build off prior episodes at all, unlike its predecessor. Hopefully, we return to the better type of show we got last week. I think the better episodes will include Chadwick Boseman in them. I know that we've got four with, yes, we got three with left. him in it. Yeah, And of course, uh, yeah, I would definitely say the one I'm looking forward to most that's left is the Killmonger episode. Uh, because mm. Killmonger is cool. I'm not, not gonna lie, I'm, Killmonger's great. I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to our uh, Ma- Marvel zombies, but that's because that's something I, that I've I've wanted for a long time. I but. will also say I'm really looking forward to the Ant Man episode because I have no idea what's gonna be about. That's the one that I'm like I don't know. What, like, I have no idea what the what if for Ant Man will be. The other ones have all kind of got hints in the trailers, but the Ant Man one mm-hmm. I'm just at a loss of what it could be. Um. Anyway, my, my predictions are, I, I was kind of confused about this episode because I thought if maybe they're all set in different alternate universes, but the finale could bring together very, versions of the heroes in one story, but this episode doesn't leave anyone alive other than what we said with the villains. Uh, I agree about Chadwick, but that kind of goes back to me thinking that the two most interesting parts of Marvel right now are the space stuff and Wakanda. So, yeah. Um, well, this episode left... Uh... It left Captain Marvel and Captain America. But they're not really varied versions, though. They're just gotcha. themselves. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing yeah. different about them. I also kind of thought, I will just say, I thought the ending episode was funny because it was like, I have a team here. It's like, okay, I love Captain America and all, but Captain Marvel totally outclasses him in power. You don't need to wait. You have Captain Marvel. Like, like I know I know we don't like her as a character, but power-wise, she could take out Loki on her own. Loki's not right. that strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Um. Next week we might get something. What if Doctor Strange shaved his beard? I don't, something. I don't That'd know. Be exciting. Yeah. What if What if Doctor Strange was in a Spider-Man movie? Oh, wait, we're getting that in summer. Um. Anyway. <laughs> uh. Tyler. What if What if Peter Parker, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, didn't need an adult to hold his hand through one of his solo films. What if you did the outro? <laughs> what if I said, thanks for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. What if you could contact us by email at wisewithtydan at gmail.com. What if you followed us on Twitter at wisewithtydan1? Because I'm number one. 
What if you followed me and Vincent on Letterboxd at Blankman's for reviews of movies, including those not in the MCU? And what if we thanked Zachary Wright for editing this episode? What if we thanked Zachary Wright for editing this episode? What if we did Thank that? Thank you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Zach. All right. All right. Catch you in the next one. Or Tyler, what if you're we sp- catch you in the next one. What? There you go. I said, no, no, I I said thanks, Zach. I wanted you to say that. You're good. You're good. Say it again. Thank you, Zach. No. What, what if we catch you in the next one? What if we catch you in the next one? <laughs>